just what you paid for. Cause through your death, our lives reborn. The joy of our salvation.
Like the sun, light pierced into the dark. The prince of peace came, broke into my heart. The violent cries, the empty grave. And in your life, I found grace. Tearing through the night, riding on. Stone, staring down the fire, my eyes found yours, shining like the sun, striding through my feet, the prince of peace met me. some of the noise while I... Good morning. Good morning. 
Thank you, Wendy. And everybody else. Good morning. That was good. Appreciate it. Um, good to be able to be together this morning. Um, Neville is speaking today. And uh, this is, uh, I don't know how you've got on this week. Hope you've had a good week. Enjoyed your, for some of us, the school kids had a shorter week. Um, being off on Monday. Uh, I wonder if you know that um, the man who invented throat, throat lozenges also died this week. There was no coffin at his funeral. <laughs> no? I hear that laugh at the back. I hear that laugh. Amen. Um, <laughs> Neville is uh, talking about prayer today. For you, you know over the last number of uh, weeks, and we're going to continue on until, uh, until Advent. I'm um, talking about the things that are foundational as being part of the church, things that are foundational to uh, what it looks like to follow Jesus. Neville already laid the foundation at the beginning, and we've been building on that. And I'm looking over at our values, the six values, and there will be overlap, I think, between the foundation today and our value that we want to be a people of prayer and people of presence. And so this morning, just as we, just as we come to a place of worship, Paul's going to lead us to a place of worship, and, uh, and then we'll do the announcements afterwards. But just with this topic in mind, I sat in this place this morning whenever it was quiet and there's nobody about, and... Um, just became really conscious, really aware. I don't always have this conscious awareness that the Spirit of God dwells within me. And for those of us that are following Jesus, or for those who are even on wherever you find yourself on this journey, there, there is something about him that is, he is pursuing you, he is for you, for those of us that have given our yes, his spirit dwells within you. And the message version of it says that God himself is present in you. It's remarkable. We talked on Wednesday night about using the scripture as a way to pray. And for me, that has just fueled my, my prayer for the last, feels like for the last couple of hours. The spirit himself, God himself is present in me. And my heart this morning as we come to worship is that we would all be aware of that in some form. And maybe for some in the room, that, that, that is, you almost feel, you can almost feel guilty at times that you don't feel that. And I want you to know this morning as we come to a place of worship, there's no shame. God is, is for you. And even if, you can't, even if you can't say that or sense that or feel that, he is not far from any one of us. He is so, so present. And my heart today is, as we come to worship, as we come to hear from Nev, and is that we would be so aware of that, that the Spirit, God himself, is in you. And I love that John testified that greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. So you mind, stand, can we stand? We stand and we're going to pray together. 
Yeah, Father, I thank you for uh, the, the chance to be together. God, it's such a, it's such a unique hour. Where, where else? Where else at what time in what other way could this group of people come together be found in the same room? But Jesus, just conscious that you have drawn each and every one of us. Conscious that you're, you're drawing us. That, you're, that your love and your mercy and your goodness will follow us, will pursue us all the days of our lives. And so wherever we're, 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 whatever way we're feeling today, we, we, we acknowledge that you are for us and that you are present. And God, I just pray that it would be such a, a, a deeper understanding of what it means to have God himself present in us. God, I pray that that would fuel our worship today. It would fuel our intercession. It would fuel our hunger and our desire for your presence. How we need your presence. And we thank you that you're here. Cause us to be aware of it. In Jesus' name. Lord of all I am, so won't you raise? 
this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to Him. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing, all is mine, yet not I, but through and rejoicing for in my need his power is displayed to this I hold the shepherd will defend me through the deepest valley he will lead oh the night has been won I shall be overcome yet not I through Christ in me. The fate I dread, I know that I'm forgiven. The future sure, the price that has been paid. For Jesus bled, and suffered for my pardon and he was raised to overthrow the grave to this i hold my sin has been defeated 
Jesus now and ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released. I can sing. I am free, yet not I, but through Christ in me. That he will bring me home And day by day I know he will renew me Until I stand with joy before the throne To this I hold my hope is only Jesus All the glory evermore to when the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ. As I rise, the strength of God go before, lift me up. As I wake, eyes of God look upon, be my sight. of God, lead me on, be my guide, be my guide, above and below me, before and behind me, in every eye that sees me, Christ be all around me, above and below Bring me peace, bring me 
for every moment, every moment, your life, your death, your blood was shed for Christ be all around me, above and below me, before and behind me, in every eye that sees me. Christ be all around me. Oh, 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 oh. Christ be all around me. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. No, I don't want to fear the storm. Peace be still, say the word, and I will set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Peace be still, you are here, so it is well, even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. I'm not gonna be afraid Cause his ways are only ways I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna fear the storm Cause you're greater than this roar I'm not gonna fear the storm I'm not gonna fear it all Peace be still Set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Peace be still, you are here so it is well. Even when my eyes can't see, 
I will trust the voice that speaks peace oh peace over me let faith rise up
Thanks. Take your seat, sir. Amen. Thank you, Paul. Um, the Rock Tots are heading out. Thank you so much. Have fun, dude. Special boy today. Uh, is Ruben going out? Ruben stays in, doesn't he? Happy birthday to Ruben. It's Ruben's birthday today. I'm, a, I'm an awful uncle. I forgot it was his birthday today. But thankfully, Ruben has two eight badges on and just stuck his chest out. So uh, it didn't take long for him to jog my memory. Is anybody else's birthday? No? Anybody else's birthday coming up this week? Last week? Oh, I'm making a mess of this. I can't hear people well. Hunter, when was your birthday? <laughs> Did you have a birthday? Did you? Very good. Did you get that new outfit? What age were you? Five. Happy birthday. Um, Um, yes, hope everybody else's week was well. Wendy, how was Friday? I hear you were amazing. Bless you, well done. Um, what else has been going on? Edie, you're so welcome. Why don't we welcome Edie? The Aziz family is complete. Um, they've been waiting for Edie to come and uh, join with Thomas and Atos. It was so wonderful to see you all together. Um, Sean slipped in last Sunday. Sean is going to be with us for the next wee while. Sean from Scotland. Uh, so it's wonderful to have you with us, Sean. Thanks for coming to be part of the family um, for the next wee while. Anything else been going on in family life? Before Neville comes, uh, I've asked, uh, well, David has asked Tiffany. I don't know if she would have said yes to me, but then she would definitely say yes to David. Um, so Tiffany's going to come and just in introduce herself, let us know a wee bit about her for those that don't know, uh, let us know what you're up to, and um, Neville's speaking in prayer, and so if you have any insight that you want to offer to us, uh, that would be really great. So um, come on ahead. Welcome. Hi. Uh, so, as he said, I'm Tiffany. Uh, I'm from America, from Iowa, which is kind of right in the middle. Um, there's a lot of corn. Uh, I was reading a thing the other day that somebody from the UK said, as far as I can tell, Iowa is famous for corn and literally nothing else. So, that's where I'm from. But um, I am married to my husband, Peter, for 15 years. We have four lovely children. Anna is 13. We have 10-year-old twins called Luke and Kate, and we adopted a wee man called Jediah, and he just came into our family officially at the end of July. And so he is born in the same year as the twins, so for a little while we will have 10, 10, and 10. Um, so he's been a great addition. Uh, it's not always been an easy journey, but he's been a wonderful addition. My son Luke was 
very happy to have another boy in the mix, somebody to throw around a football with, and so he was very happy. Um, as Neil mentioned, I have, uh, I know, I've kind of been around um, dropping for a little while. When David and Nicola first came to Iowa, uh, my husband and I had just moved back from Kansas City. Uh, Iowa is our home, but we went to Kansas City where my husband went to school at the International House of Prayer. And so we had been there for a few years. We moved back home after the twins were born because I needed my mom. <laughs> um, but we got back home and they had arrived just uh, a bit before that. So we got to know them. Instantly our hearts were connected and um, you know, when I got here the other day, Ronnie had walked into the house and he gave me a big hug and said, welcome home. Uh, and I truly feel that way, that this is our second home. Peter hasn't been for so very long. I need him to get over here. You guys keep having to see my face. I need to get his over here too. So, uh, but I'm here this week. Uh, I had been here in 2020 to discuss um, some roles with drop-in bringing um, it to the U.S. And obviously COVID had other plans. And so... We have all been just hunkering down for the past couple of years, and now I'm back discussing some more with Ronnie, with David, with Neil, um, and I feel, I was telling Ronnie last night, I feel like this time around there's just a different energy on it, there's a different life on it, and I think we've all been through some stuff. Like, the past two years, we've all been, like, clinging um, just clinging, literally, hopefully to Jesus, sometimes not, <laughs> but... I think what I've learned in the past couple of years is, you know, when we were at the International House of Prayer, we used to sing this song. It was, the chorus would say, day and night, night and day, let incense arise. And it's a beautiful song, and we would sing it over and over. And I think when I was a young 20-something, I thought that day and night, night and day, let incense arise, that what that looked like was me sitting on the floor for hours in prayer with my Bible in front of me and just pouring out my heart to Jesus. And at 20, yeah, that's what that looked like. Not these days. That's not what that looks like. I don't have hours to sit with my Bible open and pour my heart out to Jesus. And so, excuse me, so I was really, with this adoption and foster journey, as I say, it has been probably one of the most challenging things to dive deep into someone else's pain and take that and as I was telling, sorry, as I was telling Jude yesterday, I can't fix it. I can't make it better for him. And it hurts every day. But something that Jesus has showed me through all of this is that that's where he is. He's in the middle of that little boy's pain. He's in the middle of me sitting on a gas station floor trying to control his fits while he's kicking me and screaming at me that he's there. That's where he lives. That yes, he was in the moment while I was sitting there with my Bible open, but he's also there when I'm trying to bring down the fit and the madness of this child that has so much hurt. And something that I've realized about prayer, as I've been reading through the Old Testament this year, over and over, God has said, hey, I desire your obedience more than your sacrifice. That you can bring before me these sacrifices but I want your heart. And I feel like through this journey, that has been a constant that God has kept speaking to me, that I'm in this. This is your incense, Tiffany. When he's screaming at you, when he's kicking you, but you keep saying yes, that's incense that is arising to me. 
I want your heart. I want your obedience. And for us, that meant going on a journey of adoption. That meant saying yes to something that is far bigger than anything that my husband and I could have imagined that we would walk through. But I think that those whispered prayers throughout the day, the times that I'm just, I literally have no other words than Jesus help. And he meets me right there in the middle of that gas station in Kentucky. (laughs) And he's like, I'm here. I'm here with you. And it may not maybe make the circumstances change, but my heart has changed. And I'm able to bring his peace into that chaos because I certainly don't have the peace in my own spirit at that moment to do it. But when Jesus whispers, peace be still, that's when he walks in, everything changes. The circumstance may not change. I'm still sitting on the gas station floor, but my heart has changed. And so I feel over the past year, I've just grown into knowing that prayer is so much more than just sitting with my Bible open and pouring out my heart, that I was telling David on the way here, I said, wouldn't it be strange if like, I talked to Peter once in the morning and then just said, all right, see you tomorrow. Like that would be so weird (laughs) that it's an ongoing conversation and that throughout my day, those whispered prayers are what are building my relationship moment by moment, step by step, when I feel like I'm barely clinging, that he's like, I know I get it, because I was human too. I prayed too, Tiff. I prayed that if the cup could pass, that it would. I get it. And I feel like this moment has brought me so much closer to Jesus than all those moments that I thought I was sending incense, and I'm not downing that moment in my life, but this is what incense looks like, that God desires my obedience more than my sacrifice. And so I just encourage you, whatever God's asking, like she said yesterday at the conference, God, yes, tell me what the assignment is. The yes comes first. The yes in your heart means more to the heart of God than all of the money that you can give, than all of the time you can give, than all of the, your heart is what he's after. And so obedience, surrender, that's where you'll find Jesus. Thanks for letting me talk for a minute. (laughs) Thank you. Super. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tiffany. Um, come on ahead, Neville. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, I'll pray for, let's pray for Tiffany and her family. Um, I'd love us to keep remembering Robert and Lois, particularly Lois, uh, at the moment over with her son and grandkids. Um, love us to pray for Mustafa. Is he? moves on this week. Uh, I know it's been a, I'll be praying for mum too. Um, been a joy for, for them, I know, to have uh, Mustafa around their kitchen, the table, the dining table, as they've extended their table over over the last number of months. So I pray for, pray for you, friend, too. Um, and I uh, bless you. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for, uh, thank you for what's, what we've, offered, even what we've tried to, what we've even maybe some, in some ways struggled to, clinging to you in worship. Um, thank you for um, moments of vulnerability, God, that just allow us, uh, um, God, even just permission to to, um, to be real about where, where we're at in our own journey, what's going on in our own lives, and thank you for 
Tiffany's willingness to, to, to share her story, to give us an insight into what you've done, what you're teaching her. We pray that you would bless Pete and the kids. Thank you for them. God, I pray that they would know the presence and the blessing of God today. I pray your peace over uh, Jedediah. I pray your peace over his mind. God, over the trauma that he faces. God, be so near. And be so near um, Lois today. I pray that she would know your peace and that she would give it away to Christopher and the kids. Pray the same for Robert. God, I pray that he would know your presence with him, God, and as, as Lois has given of herself and sacrificed once again for the sake of others. And I pray that Robert would know you're with him. Um, thank you for Mustafa. Thank you for uh, this young man. Thank you for this gentle, kind young man. And I pray that you would bless him, God. And uh, whatever the next stage was like, looks like, whatever the next steps that he takes, God, I pray that he would be marked by these months. Spur of God, I pray you would, he would be marked by them, God. He would know that he's loved. He would know that he's been championed and loved. And God, I thank you for Neville. God, I thank you for his, um, his willingness to share in the midst of busyness, God, to offer himself to us, God, as he, as he opens his heart and opens your word. And God, I pray you give us uh, eyes to see, um, ears to hear, spirit speak, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Lots happening, isn't there? Lots happening and lots for us to pray about. And it's, uh, I've got a real echo here, David, just banging in my ear. Sorry, maybe it's the way I'm speaking through this. Um, it's, uh, it's great that... Uh, uh, maybe my age is uh, showing through that my my ears are, are ringing a wee bit, but um, it's great to get a chance to to chat today about prayer, and uh, it's great as we've been looking over our foundations and, and some of the things. It's it's give us it's give us a chance to look at these things um, afresh, and um, and some of the things that are foundational to us. Amy last week shared so passionately about the church, but if you know Amy uh, well enough yourself, you'll know she's very passionate about the church. And the week before, Neil shared about the Bible. And if you know and spend any time with Neil, you'll know he's passionate about the Bible and uh, the reading of the Bible. And, um, and so it's my turn today to talk about prayer, but I am so thankful I'm not the only one that's gonna be talking about prayer at the minute, and it takes a lot of pressure off me because in our midweeks, um, I don't think you did the announcements, did you? Remember, I wasn't listening. But anyway, midweeks, we're, we're, doing our, um, we're doing a series called Be Still, and it's getting us, given us a chance to talk and think about prayer and how we actively engage in prayer. And then you ladies, uh, you ladies are going to be on Monday nights, over a couple of Monday nights, um, talking about prayer. So it kind of takes the pressure off me. Uh, at the beginning of the week, I definitely was feeling the pressure by talking about prayer because it's such a massive uh, subject. Um, but we want to anchor all that we say and all that we do around Jesus because he's, the, um, he's our example. Um, he 
came from heaven. He lived a life and, and, and showed us uh, some of the things that are important. And, and in his lifetime, he, we read over the Gospels, um, he removed himself many times to a quiet place to pray. He was intentional about prayer. That came up one night in, in our um, uh, midweeks as we had that just time to discuss together uh, on Zoom. He was intentional about his time with the Father. And I, I suppose I have my own conclusion on that and my own bias on that is that he desperately wanted to know the will of the Father. And I take that from the fact that Jesus said that himself, I only do that which the Father has told me to do or has showed me. Now, I love prayer. I really do. I, my, I, I love to pray. Um, I probably don't do it enough, but I do love to pray. And um, I'm a bit like Wendy. Wendy loves to sing in the car. Isn't that right, Wendy? And you've shared that with us. Maybe more others do as well. But I spend most of my time when I'm driving, I am praying. I've always prayed. I've always prayed from I'm an early age. What age are you? Eight. Well, I probably prayed from I was eight. Um, my dad uh, loved to push me on, or push me and my brother on in, in certain things. Um, one of the things that I did when, as a young boy when I was nine, 10, and 11 was I did some show jumping. And um, I had a pony, and the pony was small, and I was small, but the pony had a mighty leap, and it could jump uh, well over the height of itself. And so my dad would bring me to competitions all around the countryside because this pony had a mighty leap. And uh, I would hold on for dear life and pray and say, Lord, just help me hold on here. I know the pony's going to get across, but I'm not sure whether I'm going to get across <laughs> this jump. And, 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 and I'm, I'm telling you as, 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 as plain, I'm, that's not a made-up story. That's, that's actual fact. And, and so I remember, I remember crying out in prayer, um, as, as many have indeed. Mentioning my dad and prayer, um, my dad's 94, as most of you know, and all of his life ends his day with prayer. Sorry, I shouldn't get there. Anyway, uh, that's what he does. He, he kneels at the side of his bed every night. And prayers, and so, and I, I could tell you story after story about prayer, being surrounded by prayer, being a product of prayer. When I was three years of age, I had a very, very bad accident uh, on the farm. And today, I run and play football. And some of you say I play, play football pretty well. Um, um, but my diagnosis at that time was I would never run. I would never be able to play sports. And as a result of prayer, as a result of a community of praying, um, um, I am as well as I am today. And prayer is this amazing thing. But the problem is, where I'm concerned, is it's nearly in a crisis, it's nearly the last thing I do. I react or I speak out, I, I try to fix something instead of doing what we're meant to do, uh, as the old him would say that I have here before me, uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Take everything to God in prayer. Martin Luther King said, um, to be a Christian without prayer is, is, is no more impossible to live without breathing. 
And I think I agree with that statement. It's nearly like every second word, every something uh, is a prayer. And I look around the room and I see people here and I know most of your stories and I know most of your connection or I know most of your time and your value you place on prayer. This ability to be able to communicate with God freely. We've all needed times of prayer, haven't we? Maybe you're sitting in the room and you're maybe in a season of prayer. Maybe you're waiting on an answer. You're journeying through something difficult and your heart is crying out to God. Or maybe you're at the end of a season of prayer and you've, the answer has come. And, um, or maybe you're just sitting here on the edge of your seat and as we're talking about prayer, not alone me, but in this season of our church, as you're talking about prayer, you're thinking, I must engage in prayer. And, um, and I'm so thankful that it's already been mentioned, God never tires of our prayers. Um, thanks, Stephanie, because that was like uh, something that I wanted to share. The Bible explains that our prayers are incense to God. And incense is that thing that you go back for more of. You always want more. And it's as if God's waiting with expectancy to see what that incense is next. And, and because prayer often is connected with tears, I like this verse in Psalm 56, verse 8, says he collects our tears in a bottle. He knows every prayer in anguish that we have prayed. He knows every time that we have cried out to him. He records it there and then. And so I've already said that it's a big topic, and I've really had to wrestle this week on what I would share in prayer. I was thinking about sharing about persistent prayer, as Jesus talked about it in Luke chapter 8, where he told a story of a woman who would not give up on and, and Jesus said, be persistent in your prayer. I thought about sharing something out of James, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man attaineth much. James, the brother of Jesus. How close could you be to Jesus than that? Or about that, out of that passage in Romans 12, that brilliant passage that the church is so built upon where, where Paul writes and says, honor and love and be of spiritual fervor and, and serve one another. Be joyful. But he said, be faithful in prayer. Give yourself to prayer. And from beginning to end, not alone is this book uh, laced with prayer and examples of prayer. History is also, an, and, um, and I probably could tell you a lot more stories than I already have prayer. And, uh, and so, as I prayed and wrestled with God, and I'm telling you this was a wrestle to get to this point, and I'm, I'm glad I have wrestled. I felt God give me a picture of a diamond. And um, I don't know whether it was because I was reading Matthew 13, and Matthew 13 talks about a precious stone and a man who bought a field, but he gave me a picture of a diamond. And um, and prayer is like a diamond. It has so many facets. You can look at it from so many different angles and you can be amazed at it. You can talk about the postures of prayer, the preferences of prayer, maybe people of prayer, 
or answers to prayer. Now, I just want to say this. My experience of prayer at this point is every prayer I've prayed, the answer has not always been yes. Some has been no. And some have been wait. And, uh, and so I'm just very conscious of that. Sometimes people paint this picture like it's like a magic box. You just put up the prayer and all your answers come down uh, right away. But as I prayed and meditated, I felt, uh, I felt I saw a picture then of someone with a microscope looking at this diamond. And so I Googled that, and that's called a gemologist. Um, you're not impressed? Nobody impressed with me that I know now what a gemologist is. And a gemologist takes a real deep look at this diamond. And then they will value the diamond on a couple of things. What they value the diamond on is actually uh, clarity, cut, carrot, and color. And I'm not going to use any of those uh, to, to talk on. But I, I felt that uh, today I should share, as I look back over my life, what I actually have valued in prayer. As I've intentionally uh, prayed, as I've poured my heart out to God, those times that I've got alone with him or had to get alone with him, had to be persistent with him, had to be persistent with prayer. Um, when the burden of prayer was so heavy that the tears flowed. And some of the things that I have valued in those times as I have engaged with Jesus in prayer, and the first one, the overarching one, as I look back, I want to mention presence. It's just above your head, Alison. Not the presence, but the word presence. I'm sure the presence is there as well. <laughs> presence. You know, when you look back to a difficult point in your life, when I look back to the difficult points in my life, none of them which I would like to maybe relive, there's one thing that I think everyone will comment on, those who give themselves to prayer, is how close the presence of God is in those times. He draws close. He is always with us, don't get me wrong. But there, it seems like there's a greater awareness of his presence. Tiffany's already mentioned this, that there's just this desire from God to want to be with us. This longing um, with us. And so when I get the opportunity to pray and Jackie prayed with me this morning there, and uh, I just listened to her prayer, and she, she just talked about that I would know his presence. And so when I get the opportunity to pray with someone, in spite of the difficulty that's in front of them, my biggest prayer when I get to pray with or for someone is that they would be very aware of his presence. You see, sometimes God saves us out of trouble. And sometimes he saves us through trouble. Sometimes he builds things within us that can only be built in the dark valleys of life. 
And while we, won't, we don't want to travel those times, there's some things that we're never going to learn unless we do travel those times. I was reading Acts chapter 16 this week, and uh, it's the story of Paul and Silas in prison. And uh, these two guys are, get flogged for doing a good job uh, out in the marketplace. And, um, and they find themselves in jail. And uh, just to cut the story short, in uh, verse 25, it reads, these boys are in jail, and the next day they're going to go before the authorities and find out what their, their, the dest- their, what's the result of, of what's the conclusion. And uh, we read in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. It's the last thing I'd think of doing if I'm stuck in a prison, being beaten up, been unfairly treated. They were Roman citizens. And, the, and we read they were praying. I often think about the praising side, the worship side, but they were praying. What would it have been like to be in that room? And maybe it's because they valued God's presence more than feeling sorry for themselves in that moment. Anyway, tell you a story about Amelia. She's out of the room, which is easier to tell her a story. I did ask her permission, but, and, and I hope it reflects something of the heart of God. When, when we're putting our children to bed, Erin, first of all, you put her to bed, and she's like, get over with whatever you're going to do, like as read me a story and pray with me, and get out of my room, because I'm for sleeping. Ethan is a wee bit like that so sometimes he wants you to stay and sometimes it's like I need to get my head down I need to get this they never tell you this but you can read the body language but Amelia where Amelia is concerned Amelia would happily have us one of us sit beside her every night till she nods off to sleep now we don't do that um, because I don't know why we don't do it because we're too busy um, she just loves our presence and, and I'm so glad as I thought about this the other night as Amelia pleaded with me to stay another five minutes. Stay another five minutes, Dad. I just thought about that. You know, God is not stingy with his presence. He's not like me. He's not preoccupied. He's not stressed about the next thing or he's not selfish about having his own time. And so one of the great things that I've learned in the times of prayer is to value his presence. Mother Teresa said, prayer enlarges the heart until it is capable of containing God's gift and that is of himself. And, um, and, and that's really, you know, our big, should be our big goal, our overarching thought as we enter prayer. Do you ever notice, I, I thought about this yesterday and the day before, do you ever notice it's easy to be with people who value God's presence? Who prioritize God's presence, who intentionally seek after God's presence and as a result carry it. They're usually people of hope. They're usually people who will fill you with hope and encourage you. Moses in Exodus 33 
said this, a man who, who wanted to see his people set free and gave himself to lead those people out of captivity. When God said to him, you go on up, you go on ahead on up into the promised land, he says, we're not going. We're not going unless your presence comes with me. The second thing that I thought about in those times of prayer as, as I intentionally sit in his presence, something else changes within me. And that's perspective. God wants to change our perspective. Firstly, in light of who he is, then we see who we are. Did you notice, do you know this? I'll, I'll confess to it. We all suffer at times from what you call identity crises. Sometimes we have an overvalued view of ourselves. And sometimes we have an undervalued view of ourselves. But the Bible says that we are to humble ourselves. And humbling yourself doesn't mean that you, you take a less view of yourself than God does. It doesn't mean that you, you, you lie down and have a woe party. Humbling, to humble yourself is to take the right view of who you are in the light of who our maker is. And I, I, in so many verses, humbling and prayer is so connected. Like in that famous verse in Second Corinthians or Chronicles 7, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, and the end of that is that he would pour out his blessing. Or maybe 1 Peter 5, verse 6, where Peter says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, because in proper time, he will exalt you. Have a right perspective. And so as I sit in prayer with the right perspective, I'm, I'm going to see how great he is. Sometimes I think I'm great. But when you sit with the right perspective, it's him who is great. Sometimes I think to myself, I'm strong, I'm compassionate. I've made sacrifices. But when we get the right perspective in his presence, we see he is strong. He is compassionate. The sacrifices we have made are nothing compared to him. And so perspective not alone helps me see who I am correctly, but it also helps me to see others as God sees them. And, um, and so Paul, Paul um, I shared this last Tuesday morning as, as Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, we're to pray for all in all situations, those in authority, kings and rulers, because this is what God's desire is. God's desire is that, that all people would be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. All would come to the knowledge of him. He desires that in spite of all that's going on and all the difficulties and all the struggles, his desire is that all would know him. And then the third thing is plans. Um, as I linger in his presence, 
I believe he, he, he wants to share his plans. You see, God has a, a plan. This plan was created. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, he has a plan for our lives which has been created before the beginning. And God's desire is that we would partner with him in that plan. I don't know about you, but I have loads of plans. I have loads of plans for my own life, for my own family. I have loads of plans for, for even this place. I, if you have a conversation for, with me, I probably have plans for you too. But they're earthly plans. God has a heavenly plan uh, waited, waiting. And the narrative of Scripture is this. He wants to share and he wants us to participate in his plans. Not our plans, his plans. And so prayer is helpful. It helps us to align our hearts with his, with his plan. And so I find uh, prayer is helpful. The, this G, G, what did I call him? Gemologist. Gemologist had four things and I've got three and I thought, that's not going to work. So I've got one more P. And, and I think this is, this is important. My last P is a people. A people has been so important for me in prayer. And I'm so thankful for so many people in this room that have journeyed with me in prayer. Um, Amy talked so passionately about the church. And, and, uh, and I honestly don't know how people do this on their own, how they journey without a people, how they work it out without a people, how they pray even without a people. And uh, something happens, something that's unexplainable happens when people come together and pray. And so people have been uh, hugely important to me. And so those are just some of the things that are valuable to me. And so I, I just want to end with a question that was asked of us yesterday. Uh, Jill Weber, uh, not a lady who I'm familiar with. I um, heard her speak a few times and she was talking on prayer yesterday. And Jill asked this question, what would, what would it be like if we gave ourselves to prayer instead of tacking it, it onto the edges of our lives? And I, I say that as a challenge to myself. Even though I love it, is it really central to my life? prioritizing the presence of God in that. See, trying to see things, because I'm not going to be able to see things from this perspective. I need to know the plan he has for my life, because the plan, if I don't follow the plan for his life, there's repercussions. My family, it, it could repercussion or have, what would you call that effect? consequences for the rest of my family and then um, what, what would happen um, if we did that what would it be like I, I asked myself 
the question, what would it be like if I give myself to prayer individually? And what would it be like if we gave ourselves to prayer collectively? There was, um, in that story, in that story that I mentioned in Acts chapter 16, I don't think um, um, Paul and Silas had any idea what was going to happen next. If you want to go home and read it, but amazing things happened because they gave themselves to prayer. When Paul writes to the New Testament church about prayer and as we wait on Jesus and in that time, uh, wait on Jesus' return and as we endeavor to do all the good gifts and be kind to one another and, and, and show hospitality and, um, and all that sort of stuff. He writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, undergird everything you do in prayer. And so, um, because we might be surprised, we just might be surprised what the outcome will be. Amen. Good stuff, Nev, thank you. Feels like a bit of an anti-climax to give announcements after that, but, uh, but it's important. Because the first one is that uh, Zoom, 6.45 on uh, Tuesday morning, we are <coughs> gathering to pray, seeking his presence and his perspective and his plan with the people. Look good. Um, and then we're, we're still at it on Wednesday. We are the third, um, the third session is entitled Wonder. So that's going to take up some of our conversation on, uh, on Wednesday evening, either in the room or on Zoom. And as always, we'll send the link out. And that says 8.30, but we have changed that to 8 o'clock, if that's okay. We take seriously whenever people say, is... Uh, can that be tweaked? And so we're really passionate about encounter. We're really passionate about people engaging and encountering God. And so um, some have said that 8.30 is a bit late. And uh, so there was a reason. There was a reason in the middle of COVID why we had it at 8.30 and we just kept doing it. And all it took was somebody to say, why do we do that again? And, um, and so that was a really helpful question. The why was really helpful. And so 8 o'clock, um, we're going to, we're going to meet, and um, sh again, we'll share all that information on uh, WhatsApp. It's just good to keep this all in our heads. Uh, Thursday, um, Thursday and Friday, we're back to youth. Uh, Thursday night was was great. We had a new batch of first years in, um, and so there was a good number. It was good feel. It was good to be back. And then Friday was again wonderful. I came back home afterwards and flopped myself on the sofa. And she just said, how many were out? And I said, I, I think about 340 or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it felt like most of P6 and P7 were with us on, uh, on Friday, which was great. So do be praying for us. Um, praying for our young people and their families and the community as we continue to, um, to love them and to build trust as we serve. And... Uh, then I just want to keep in your mind, I shared this with Amy, and I know you're 
probably already at capacity, but I just want you to, to know that um, we've been asked to help out as much as possible over the apple fir. This is, for those that, are, that live in County Armagh, this is as big as it gets, the apple fair at the end of October. And, um, and so there's a, there's a week, there's build up to a week. And so if you're interested in table quizzes, on Wednesday night, there's going to be a table quiz. I am going to it, and I am desperate for some teammates. So if anybody is a bit nerdy like me, come and join me at the table quiz on the Wednesday, the 26th. I see that hand. Amen. Uh, when, and then on Thursday, there's going to be a cookery demonstration up in the big marquee that's going to be up in the heart of our community all week long. And so it'll start with a table quiz. There'll be a cookery demonstration on the Thursday. Um, and then on the Friday is when we would love some volunteers. This is a massive night in our community. And I think it's going to be even more uh, this year because we've missed it the last couple of years. It's, um, it's hosted by our friends at the Methodist. And they've asked if there's any way that we could um, help and support them this year. As they, uh, So half six, they meet. There'll be games for the kids, handing out sweets, all of that fun stuff to get them hyped up and uh, finishing off at 8.30 with a fireworks display, which is always a good night. And so if there's anybody can help out with that in any way, please let me know. And then the Saturday morning, if you're able to steward and help out again, last year they were overwhelmed with the amount of people. People came from everywhere uh, to Rich Hill, center of the universe. Um, and so if you can help steward, even for an hour, it's, that's, the, that's the ask, an hour, um, at any time of the day on the Saturday. And, um, and because the church, I love this, because over the last couple of years, the church have been so um, involved and the majority of the volunteers and the helpers and the, the stewards, um, they decided, the, the, the committee decided that they wanted to finish it all off on a Sunday afternoon with a Thanksgiving service and, um, and allow us as the church to... to um, to run that and host that and so that's going to finish off the week on the Sunday so I know it looks busy I'm not asking to be part of it all but if there's some things in there that you feel like you could be a part of um, it would be it would be really great I think it's beautiful part of the conference yesterday I'm done with this part of the conference yesterday uh, listening to friends who sat who were sitting around a room uh, with all the statutory agencies with government and they turned and they were asking the church for help we, as being part of Connected to Home for Good, was with the, the new NI lead who says he's been sitting in rooms over the last number of months and people are turning to the church and saying, um, how can you help? We need your help. I know this, is a, this isn't on the same sort of scale maybe, but this is the same thing that's coming from the, this committee. They're turning to the church and saying, like, will you show up and will you help us? We need you. And so... I think that's really important and uh, worth celebrating and acknowledging. So, uh, so that's it. And then just so you do know, November, another big uh, Thanksgiving. I know it seems ages away, but we're already beginning to lay the groundwork for our Thanksgiving celebration, which we'll be hosting here uh, at November. So take note. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what we've, what we've sang and what we've shared, what we've listened to. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for your invitation uh, to participate in what you're doing. 
Um, and so God, wherever we find ourselves, God, I just pray that we would know your presence um, in all the circumstances, all the stuff that we're going through. God, we'd know your presence, would see your perspective. God, we'd get a, a, a glimpse, a reminder of the invitation to participate in your plan um, with an incredible group of people. And so we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.